And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. But of course, if you are listening to this podcast, you know we are the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post game show there is. Streaming live on a bunch of different platforms. We got a feed up on Twitter at Shell Alexander. We got a feed up on YouTube. At Sheldon Alexander, same thing goes for Instagram, Sheldon Alexander, and a brand new Twitch stream, which you can find streaming on Twitch, which is at OnBlast Podcast. We do the same thing after every game. I go through, give my thoughts on what just happened in the Raptors game, and then I take comments from you, the fans, because this is your show. Again, the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show there is. And we've needed this safe space over the last six games, haven't we? Six games in a row. Your Toronto Raptors have lost. First time since 2012. I'm going to turn down the music and say that again. The Toronto Raptors have now lost six games in a row. After falling 116 to 112 to the Detroit Pistons. A Pistons team that has only won like two games in the past three weeks. Maybe even longer than that. And those two wins have both come against the Raptors. But forget about the Pistons for a sec, right? Because there's lots going on in Raptors land. Again, Raptors haven't lost six games in a row since 2012. 2012. It's a long time. But I'm going to be honest. And, you know, obviously if you follow the pod, you know a lot of what's been going on with me over the last little while. But even without that... First and foremost, I was just happy to see Freddie and Pascal and even to see Malachi and McCaw and we saw OG on the bench. Just seeing those guys back with the team and even some of the coaches being back with the team, that was just a good sign. And the first thing I wrote down as a note for this game actually was seeing those guys back, I'm happy to see that, and that's way more important than any win. And I mean that. I definitely mean that. We'll, we'll talk a bit about that, you know, I'm sure there'll be questions about that later on in the chat, but again, I think the way this game played out, and once you hear, and you if you listen to Fred Van Fleet talk about it, or you hear the story that Kate read during the broadcast about what Fred went through the past two weeks, I think when you look at this game from that standpoint, and you look at Freddie going 2 of 13, 1 of 7 from 3, Pascal going 3 of 11 from the floor. Again, I'm not about moral victories, but I feel like what's going on in the world is a little bit bigger than that. And there's a, a, a moment where we can take and just step back and look at it and say, we heard what Fred went through. He told us, right? We don't really know what happened for Pascal because Fred was just talking about himself, which obviously everybody is in their own right to do that. You don't have to share anything. But I'm saying hearing from Fred Van Fleet and then watching, you know, those guys were a step slow in this game. And that's totally, totally understandable. And, you know, if people want to get into that a little bit more, I can, I'll talk a little bit more about it. So please send your comments and questions into the chat. But I'll try at least off the top to keep this more to basketball, right? Because there is a whole other side to it, and obviously I have a different perspective on all that. And if people want to know about that, we can talk about that. Send in your comments and questions as mentioned. But again, Freddie and Pascal struggled in their first game back, coming off of the COVID uh, protocols. Kyle Lowry 
Really struggled in this game as well, as he was 2 of 13, 0 for 7 from 3. Missed a huge 3 late. And I've gone this far in the pod without mentioning your favorite Raptor right now, Norman Powell. Career high, 43 points for Norm. 14 of 18 from the floor. 8 of 12 from 3-point land for Norm. But the thing here, 7 of 9 from the free throw line. And I know, I, I put out on Twitter that, you know, Norm's two free throws that he missed loom large again. Because that's, you know, we've seen that recently where Norm missing clutch free throws down the stretch for the Raps have really hurt in games that he scored really well. And the way that I look at it, because again, I'm never really looking at these games in like the singular, singular moment or the singular game. I'm looking at it from the bigger picture, right? And when you're looking at Norm taking all these steps, missing those free throws like that in crunch time is just a reminder of one of our favorite lines here on this pod. There's levels to this shit. So it's one thing to be scoring. It's one thing to be putting up all these points. But then again, the next level and what separates good from great, what separates bench player from starter, what separates all-star from superstar is what do you do in winning time? And we're watching Norm develop and take that next step. And he's putting up numbers, putting up crazy numbers. I think it's five out of the last seven games. Norm has 30 plus points. That's huge. But it's just a reminder that there's steps to this. Because there's a world where the Raptors could have easily won this game. Right? Detroit gave them enough chances down the stretch to get back into this game. And I just don't think the Raptors had the legs yet with all their guys. You got to remember, Norm and Kyle have been playing heavy, heavy minutes. And then you got Pascal and Van Fleet who are on... I mean, Nurse talked about it. I, I'm interested to hear... If, you know, he did stick to a minutes restriction with those guys, but Freddie played 32 minutes, Pascal played 30 minutes, and those guys, you could tell they didn't have the juice. And again, totally understandable. I'm just saying when you look at this game and the Raps had a definite chance to win that one. As they fall 116 to 112 to the Detroit Pistons, who Sadiq Bey, might not be familiar with my dude Sadiq Bey, but... The first round pick, I mean, my guy was just hitting everything moving for the Pistons in this game. Finishing with 28 points, 8 of 14, 6 of 10 from 3, 12 rebounds as well, meaning doing a little bit of everything, also adding two steals just because. He had a solid game, a really solid game, and I think not a lot of people will be familiar with him. Someone who Raptors fans are definitely familiar with, who had a great game, DeLon Wright. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists for DeLon. Also give him two steals. And it's interesting to see the development of DeLon, right? And it hasn't gone smoothly. But this is an opportunity for him, especially with some of the injuries they're dealing with with this team and their prized rookie, uh, Killian Hayes. Yeah, he's been out for a while. And even with him in the lineup, you're still getting enough from DeLon Wright to where, you know, he's getting an opportunity to play. He's getting a good opportunity to learn and grow and develop and get a chance to actually be a starting point guard in this league. Now, we know that the Pistons aren't a good team, and this is a development year, but if you're a guy like DeLon Wright, this is an opportunity for you, and it hasn't been all smooth sailing, but this was a good game for him. And Raptors fans are familiar with DeLon's work, definitely. Another guy who had a great game for the Pistons was 
Jeremy Grant, who continues to, you know, I guess people kind of looked crazy at the number that he signed for when he came to Detroit, and he's kind of turned into their quote-unquote star player or their main guy. Um, It was interesting to see him in crunch time, right? Like, when they needed that bucket late, they gave the ball to him, and I thought it was interesting, right? They, the Raptors had Kyle on him. And at first he started to dribble, and then he, it's almost like you could see in slow motion him realize, wait a second, I if I just pull up, I can get my shot off over Kyle. Like, Kyle's not going to block his shot. And so it almost seemed like he was going to drive on him, and then it clicked in his head, no, 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 just pull up, take the two-dribble jumper, which is a gym shot for any NBA player, right? That's a shot you work on every single day in the gym, and you could see him just knock that shot down with confidence to ice the game. And it was close still, right? As mentioned, Norm hitting crazy threes late, missing free throws. Kyle missed a tough three late. And the wraps were right there. But you got to give some patience with these guys coming back from, you know, let's keep it a buck, right? Pascal hasn't played since February 24th. Freddie hasn't played since February 26th. When you're in those COVID protocols, like you're just in your room, like you're isolated. It's not like you're practicing. It's not like you're shooting. And from what we've heard from Fred in terms of him talking about how difficult of a time he had, it's not like you can do much either. So coming back and having to play in an NBA game, I mean, that's a lot. Again, not an excuse, never an excuse, just reality of the situation. So I'll go through the game really quickly here because, you know, let's be honest, most of, most of the game is just Norm getting buckets and the rest of the Raptors not so much. And in that first quarter, the Pistons led by six. And the game was kind of close because at the end of the first quarter, Paul Watson hit a buzzer beater. And then at the end of the half, Boucher scored right at the buzzer. But bottom line, that was keeping the game close. Norm had 16 points in that first quarter, six of seven shooting, four of five from three. Norm was red hot. But we saw an early sign of, you know, just negative negative things from the Raptors' side of things. 37 points given up to the Pistons in that first quarter. Not a good look. 8-2 to two advantage for the Pistons in terms of second-chance points. Not a good look and something that would continue throughout the game. And again, the Pistons in that first quarter, right? Here, here's fu- something that's funny. The Pistons from three this season shoot 35%, which is 26th in the NBA. The Pistons from three in the five in the okay Pistons from three in five quarters versus the Raptors this season, meaning after the first quarter of this game, the Pistons were shooting fifty-two percent. Think about that. That's crazy. Fifty-two percent the Pistons were shooting in their five quarters or in the last five quarters versus the Raptors this season and that was after the first quarter so you're just seeing them I don't know what the level of confidence is I don't know if Dwayne Casey's giving them a different level of uh pregame speeches <laughs> against his former team but it was just crazy we move on to the half Norm started off eight of nine in the game five of six from three Pistons were up 63 58 at the half as mentioned Boucher with the putback right at the buzzer but at that half you had Bay with 15 and Grant with 15 but that lead of second chance points jumped up to 14 to 4. And the Pistons were shooting 54% from the floor, 44% from three. And when that's happening, it's going to be tough for the Raps to come back. And 
it's all, you know, you're talking about these guys playing, but it's legs. And there's certain numbers that, that translate into that and will tell you that the Raptors just didn't have their legs in this game. And at the end of the third quarter, they were out-rebounded 42-20. to 20. Those are stats, right? Second chance points, rebounding stats, you know, what you're doing on the defensive end. Those are all, I don't want to say, like, when you when you have tired legs, those are the stats that go the other way, that go in favor of the other team. And when you finish up this game and the Raptors finish with 30 rebounds, the Pistons finish with 54 rebounds. That's a plus 24 advantage for the Pistons. And, I mean, Plumlee... Obviously, with 14 rebounds, he's a problem in the paint. We saw him banging around with Baines. But it's not like the the Raptors should be in that dire of straits against the Detroit Pistons. But they just hustled. They just hustled. They got on the glass. They are able to get second-chance points. They are able to get things done. And the Raptors struggled. Their guards struggled. Lowry, Van Fleet, and Pascal at one point through the middle of that third quarter were 4 of 20. And that's a terrible start. Norm continued to cook, but at a certain point, Norm needed some help, and it never really came. For being honest, it never really came. And then with Norm, you know, when he tried to drag it out at the very end, he couldn't really help himself either with some missed free throws. So again, the Raptors fall 116 to 112 in this game too. The Detroit Pistons, Norm, Norman Powell, with a career high 43 points in this game for the Toronto Raptors. In a losing effort, Sadiq Bey answering with 28 points for the Pistons. But the key here for the Raps is they had a bunch of guys returning from the COVID list. Pascal Siakam, 13 points, but only 3 of 11 from the floor. Fred Van Fleet, 12 points, but 2 of 13 from the floor and 1 of 7 from 3 for Fred Van Fleet in 32 minutes. So these guys really struggled. They did. And that's going to be expected. But... Again, I'll get to some comments here because I know you guys probably have a lot to say as the Raptors lose their sixth game in a row. I know that's a tough one, right? The sixth game in a row the Toronto Raptors have lost. And that's not something that you've heard recently from this team. And I know, you know, the stat tells you that the Raptors haven't done that since 2012. But I'm saying just losing streaks in general aren't something that we've heard or seen from this Raptors team in recent times at all so let me get to some comments here i'll go over to youtube and again if you're on this instagram feed and you want to see the full set get the proper audio the crispy audio all that fun stuff and participate in the chat where we got a bunch of people in there uh just go to the link in bio on instagram link in bio on instagram will take you to the youtube feed or you can find us on twitch again I will start on Twitch and shouts to my guy, August. I see you there. He says, quote, six games in a row. It hurts to say it. It hurts to think it. Totally agree with you, my dude. It's it's so weird because it's not what we're familiar. It's not a familiar thing for Raptors fans who have followed this team over the last few years. Six losses in a row? That's crazy. Not something that we... Not something you want to get familiar with either. And you understand why it's happening, but that doesn't make it any easier to watch, if that makes sense. And I'm just happy, honestly, uh, you have to try to find the silver linings. It's the only way. I'm just happy that everyone's back, and at least you hope that they can work towards health and get back on the winning track. Only thing you could, Only thing you could hope for. Only thing you can hope for at this point. 
uh, K2's Garnett, in talking about the play of DeLon Wright, says a contender could use a player like DeLon. As Raptors fans know, DeLon Wright is a solid, solid bench player. He can be a solid bench player on a good team, and he's a, a long, athletic wing player who can be a solid wing defender for you as well. So definitely I could see something like that, but he might be in the plans going forward for the Pistons. Pistons are a young team, and obviously they're not a good team right now, but everything is really set up for the future for them. So hopefully, you know, for Coach Casey's sake, they figure some things out there. I mean, as I mentioned, though, I'm going to go to YouTube and take some comments and questions. Again, wherever you're watching this stream, send in your comments and questions live. And if you ever miss the pod, just know you can get us wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Remember, Wrap It Up is the show. On Blast Podcast is the network. Glow Girl Smile on YouTube says, Nice to see Freddie and Siakam back, but tough loss. On a good note, Norm had a career high of 43. Pistons seem to have the Raptors games circled on their calendar and feel like they can win against the Raptors. Also, she says Boucher continues to progress. He's been a bright spot this season. Yeah, I mean, I'll go to the Boucher comment because I agree on everything that you said there, but I haven't really touched on Boucher. I sent a message to one of my friends earlier today. Has Chris Boucher been the most consistent Raptor this season? Like, I know Chris Boucher is probably the best story for the Raptors this season, but, you know, another 21 points tonight, 10 of 16 from the floor, but his effort, like, I feel like he does something in every game that just kind of has you, you know, takes you out of your seat, right? Like, he's just a guy that you want to root for, a guy where you know what you're getting when you put him into the game, and to see him develop into a guy that can get you points consistently just off of effort. And you look at his season totals, my guy's averaging 14 points and six rebounds per game this season. Nobody would have thought that. No one would have thought that this season. If I told you Chris Boucher would be averaging 14 points per game for this team, nobody would think that. So it is a great sign to see the development of Chris Boucher. And, you know, another great story in the long line of Raptors developing people. Raptors developing guys through their G League team, through the 905, and then having them come through and be contributors on the big club. It's a perfect example, and I bet you in NBA front offices, they hold the Raptors up to other organizations in terms of what you should be doing with your G League team. So yeah, shouts to Chris Boucher. Aisha says... Of course, they were rusty, but it's so good to have our guys back. Their presence on the court makes a difference. If only Kyle was himself tonight, our losing streak could have been over. Yeah, tough game for Kyle. And I know Kyle's in a tough position, right? Because he was carrying so much of just the scoring load. He was carrying so much on his shoulders the past few games in terms of controlling the whole, you know, team in terms of, the whole game, you have to create shots for everybody. You have to set the pace and the tempo for the whole game. Kyle had to do that while all these guys were out. And that is a lot. And so for him to have a game like this where those guys come back and he just, you know, doesn't have it, I get it. We have to remember, right? Kyle Lowry at this stage of his career, he's not the same guy where you're going to get that all-star Kyle Lowry performance night in, night out. He's going to need nights where Freddie bails him out. It's just at this point, with what Freddie's dealing with, they weren't able to balance that out as they normally are. 
Sanjay says, win or loser, win, loser, draw. We should appreciate the Toronto Raptors. Totally agree with you, my dude. And, you know, I mean this, and I don't want to go too far into this because I know people don't really come here for COVID talk. You come here to talk about the Toronto Raptors, but I feel like, you know, Fred Van Fleet, for me, as someone who dealt with COVID themselves and dealt with it in, you know, a pretty rough way, and, you know, I've had family members who dealt with it in a pretty rough way, for me to hear what Fred Van Fleet said, like, that, to me, was really cool because it was really important, I think. And, you know, what ends up happening with this whole situation is you hear, we watch sports, and so all you see all the time is the fact that, oh, someone was out with the COVID list, and then they come back and they're playing. So Jimmy Butler misses a month. We don't really say anything about it because we don't really know what happened. Uh, Jason Tatum misses about two or three weeks, comes back he until he's playing multiple games and then he opens up about the fact that he's running up and down the court and still struggling to catch his breath. We don't really hear too much about it. So for Fred Van Fleet, you know, to use his platform, which we've seen him do time and time again, as we know, I've said it all along on this pod, Freddie is a real one, for him to use his platform to speak on what his experience was like, and again, I'm stressing that because so many people are quick to knock other people down for what their experience is that they're telling you about, right? For Freddie to talk about how that is, and it's something that we don't really hear about, as again, we just watch basketball every night and see these guys in the lineup or out of the lineup, and we adjust our fantasy lineups accordingly, or we bet on teams accordingly. To hear Freddie make this a real thing and talk about the fact that, you know, Kate told the story during the broadcast in which she she spoke to Freddie after the media availability, which I'm sure everyone heard or has seen by now, where he talked about the fact that he had it really rough. And it was really difficult for him. And he probably, he had like the worst of it. But to hear him in depth, or to hear Kate describe in depth, you know, the fact that Freddie was someone, and I feel like a lot of people probably had this same scenario where, you know, you heard about it, but you kind of thought, oh, well, if I got it, I'd be okay. I'd be probably symptom free if I got it. And he was following all the rules. He's doing everything. And then he ends up getting it and he ends up getting the worst of it. I just think it's important for someone who has that platform, you know, every once in a while, just, and if they're totally comfortable with it and they're okay with, with sharing it, I think that's really important because it, it makes this thing real because what ends up happening is it just becomes, you know, something people tweet about or something people complain about or something people argue about. And then you remember, oh yeah, like this involves people's actual lives. Right, like these are real people, and this is a real thing that has affected a lot of different people in different ways. So, I mean, I'm happy, and I'm I'm following up this comment here by Aisha. You know, I'm just happy to see all these guys back. And you know, you're you're. It sucks to hear how rough it was for them, but I mean, after especially him and Pascal being out for two weeks, hearing how long those guys were away you know, chances were they probably weren't doing too well. And so to see them back is just a good sign. And now you just hope for their continued health going forward. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to touch on that a bit. Because for me, like that hit me when I saw Freddie talk about it openly and honestly, I was like, thank you, you know, because sometimes I feel like I'm speaking to people or I'll tell people about it, but they're not taking me in. 
when you're hearing an M and, and, you know, I talked about the fact that I, you know, <laughs> your body is just done like muscle fatigue. When you read that word sounds like something, but to feel it was something completely different. Like you can't do anything. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I can't wait to do a push up again. <laughs> like that simple thing of taking that for granted to me was like insane. And now you, you hear Freddie talk about how he missed walking into the gym, right? He missed the game of basketball and he's so happy to come back to it. And you saw the smile on his face. They ran it during the game where you saw the ISOs of Pascal. ISO, sorry, TV term. But you saw the images of Pascal and Freddie smiling as, you know, they were in warm up. That's a reminder of how these guys are real people and this is a real thing that's going on. And I was just happy to see those guys back. So apologies if I went too long on that, but. I thought that was an important thing to touch on because these guys are real people and Freddie is a real one. And first and foremost, I know everybody who's listening to this pod, you care about these dudes as real people because you've seen them, you know, on this grind, on this ride to giving you some of the best sporting memories that you, we've ever had as a city in terms of winning that championship. So you're going to ride the highs and lows with these guys. And I thought that was really cool to, you know, hear him speak openly and honestly about it. Uh, more comments though. Uh, Daniel says the thing about the Raptors is they're not that bad. They just don't do the little things that made them successful. So I think it's also a different team. And I keep talking about this a lot. And I thought there was a, a really good quote from Nick Nurse. I think it was pregame. And he's talking about role players and he's talking about bench guys and guys that come off the bench, right? Like they're called role players because they fit a role and not all the time is that role scoring so now when you put those guys in a position where they need to play and they need to score it's a tough spot for a lot of these guys to be in and that's kind of what we saw for the majority of this losing streak and you know you're talking about the little things the raptors did well you gotta remember freddie was a guy coming off the bench norm was a guy coming off the bench siakam was like the second option so you have those guys Playing on those championship team, that championship team, their role was just different. So they're coming out and doing different things. So now, as mentioned on the last pod with Dunlop, and if you haven't checked that out, go check that out for sure. But as mentioned on that last pod, we focused in so much on Pascal, you know, can he be Kawhi? Can he be the max guy? You know, can Freddie take over for Kyle and be the starting point guard? Can OG and Norm score 15 to 20 points? Like we were so focused on that stuff that we didn't really remember just how important guys five, six, seven, and sometimes eight are to the overall success of your team. So that's just where the Raptors are at this point. And that's what makes this trade deadline so interesting because there's so many different ways it can go. If you want to, you know, Norm, selling high on Norm is something that you could definitely talk me into right now. Because is Norm coming back? And is Norm getting, like, is this the pinnacle of Norm? Or do we see Norm doing this consistently? What he's doing right now, putting up all these points on the rap on a winning Raptors team on a winning Raptors team that can make a run in the playoffs? Because I think that's the question you need to ask yourself in terms of what you're going to do with Norm Powell going forward. Interesting question. I can't claim to have the answer, but I'll be honest. 
if you tell me that you're able to get a first round pick for Norm, which I don't know if that's the case, I'm not trying to make the fake trade here and think that you can trade Norm for Kawhi or something, like that's not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm saying, if you can sell high on Norm, instead of maybe he gets overpaid in the offseason and then leaves for nothing, do you look at that, especially with where the Raptors are in the standings right now? Just an interesting thing. Very interesting. And you also have to remember, ask yourself, has Norm, like, what is the starting lineup when everyone's healthy? Because we really only had a couple games with everyone healthy and when Nurse decided to go with the small lineup, right? But ask yourself, what's the Raptors starting lineup? And how many times have you seen Norm score this well or this efficiently when everyone else is in the lineup? What is the hierarchy of this team in terms of who gets the ball first, who gets the ball second. Again, what do you do in winning time? Because that's what matters in the, to win games in the regular season, but most importantly in the playoffs. And if that's what you think Norm Powell can be, cool. You ride this out, you sign him to whatever in the offseason, and you continue to build with that core going forward. But if you're kind of worried about it, and you look up and you say, okay, well, we just signed OG for like, what 16 mil 16 to 19 i think is what og is going to make over the course of his contract so is norm going to want at least that money is norm going to want more than that super interesting that's what i'm interested in seeing let me get some more comments though because i know there's a lot here and i appreciate all you guys for tuning in and writing comments Super appreciate it because that's what makes this podcast go for sure. We got some Norm comments here. Fly Miss says, Norm has been consistent since last season. Here's what I'll say about that. Norm played well last season, then got hurt as soon as he was playing well, then came back, and then got, the bubble happened, and then he didn't really play well in the bubble. Right? Like, if we remember in that playoff series against the Celtics, Norm didn't really play well. He started to come on late in the series, but he didn't really play that well. K2's Garnett also says, pay Norm, he's been pretty good and consistent in two seasons. See, I disagree with that. I just think that Norm has missed, I, I feel like Norm has missed a lot of games. He's dealing with, he dealt with, like last season, as soon as he would get consistent and play well, he'd get hurt. That's just the facts. And then he didn't play well in the bubble. And then you come back to the start of this season and he struggled to start the year and he really started to get things going as he started to get more time because guys were out of the lineup. I want to see, again, the strength of this Raptors team, and I've said this from the get-go from the start of this season, right? This Raptors team at its best, for them to be at their best, all of those guys need to play well at the same time. And I don't know if we've seen that yet right? Can you get 15 to 20 from Norm? Is Pascal getting you 20 plus? Is Freddie getting you around his 19? Is OG playing well? Like, I feel like these guys have taken turns in having good nights when other guys aren't in the lineup. I don't know. Just my thoughts, but I appreciate the discussion. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Um, someone asking me as well, did you see what Malachi Flynn's dad posted? I did. Have you guys seen what Malachi Flynn's dad posted? Basically, he went on this whole long Facebook post about how his son was so good in college last year and the Raptors are misusing him and how he should be playing so much more. I'll say this. 
you can't do that. <laughs> if, if you're Malachi Flynn's dad, you can't do that. Obviously, you want your son to play. We get that. Totally. The way to go about that, like, this isn't your high school basketball team. This isn't your, you know, rec league or AAU team where you can go and complain to the coach. This is the NBA. This is professional basketball. What do you hope to accomplish by going on Facebook and writing a whole long post, basically rehashing your son's NCAA, <laughs> NCAA resume? What do you hope to accomplish by that? Is Nick Nurse going to somehow stumble upon it and be like, you know what? I wasn't really sure about it, but until I read this Facebook post, I realized I should be giving Malachi more minutes. Like, what? <laughs> like, that can't happen, man. And I, I'd love to hear what the conversation is in the locker room when, like, the rest of the dudes see that and hear that and what their reaction is. Because it's like, come on, man. What are we doing here? What are we really doing? That's terrible. That cannot... I can't emphasize this enough. That cannot happen. And also, even if that is a move that you decide to make, right? You're just flat out wrong. You know why you're flat out wrong? You went through and listed your son's NCAA resume. Do you know who else had a really good NCAA resume and did nothing in the NBA? Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison had a great NCAA career. And he wasn't really that good in the NBA. Tyler Hansborough was like player of the year in college. He had an okay NBA career, but he wasn't that great. My point here is, not only is it dumb for you to go to, as a parent, to go to Facebook to complain about your professional athlete, grown-ass man's son not getting minutes, but it's also a bad look because your arguments are wrong. <laughs> and let's... Also, dig a little deeper into this. Should he be playing more over Kyle or Fred Van Fleet? Just, just asking. Just asking. And he's talking about how Malachi needs to be running the pick and roll. And he was the best pick and roll. Best player at running the pick and roll in college basketball. And it's like, okay, cool. So Nick Nurse should just adjust the whole offense to just strictly pick and roll for Malachi Flynn? Because that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about that for that long. But I read that and I was just like, come on, man. That's that's ridiculous. I thought it was fake. I, in fact, hope that it comes out that it is fake. Because I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe that that's fake. I hope that, you know, as my guy Dan Lebetard says, I hope that's the internet fooling me. Because I read that today and I was like, I really hope this is not real. Uh, more comments, so I'm liking the vibe of the chat today. Everyone's in here, everyone's fired up, a lot of good conversation going on, whether it's about Norm, whether it's about Malachi, whether it's about all these guys coming back. So I'm going to continue going. Normally I'd end the pod by now, but no, let's keep things going. If you guys are down, I'm down. My guy Rasho says, I appreciate your show, a place to talk honest rap conversations. Appreciate you, Rasho, for always supporting the show. Really do appreciate you, my dude. And also for putting me on to Twitch with a couple other dudes I work with as well. Being like, hey, you should start a Twitch channel. So appreciate you, Rasho. Uh, more comments, though. Go back to YouTube. YouTube has a lot here. Uh, Scramble says, Kyle could shape that bet. Ooh, talking about Kyle. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The question is talking about Kyle Lowry going to the bench. That's not going to happen. So 
<laughs> I, I see what you're trying to go with here, but that's not a thing that's going to happen. Norm has to figure out how to be a sixth man on this team as currently constituted. And then maybe next year, if Kyle's not there, cool. Norm can start. But as of now, Kyle Lowry's not coming off the bench. Uh, more comments, though, as I continue scrolling here, because I went to the bottom to get some things. Uh, but here's a comment. Norm getting paid this summer. If the Raps don't want to give him the bag, he for sure will get it somewhere else. Totally agree with that. And I, you're going to find out a lot about what Masai thinks of this core going forward if he re-signs Norman Powell. It's going to be very interesting. I'm, As I've said, I'm more interested in what happens with Norm than what happens with Kyle. More so because I feel like that's up to Kyle, what happens to Kyle. <laughs> Whereas the Norm thing, we're going to find out what Masai thinks. Just my opinion. And says, it's been six games since we had a win. I really appreciate this support group with the heart emoji. I appreciate all of you as well because I'm just here trying to give you guys an outlet to voice your concerns, to air out your grievances, a safe space as, because I know, hey, if you're listening to this pod right now, I know who I'm talking to. You guys are diehard Raptors fans, right? This isn't the bandwagon people who just jumped on the wave when it became the trend because, you know, Kawhi hit a four bounce shot that you kept, you couldn't turn off your Instagram feed without seeing it for a month after, right? I know I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the diehards. So I feel like it is important, just as important in the good times, during the rough spots, it's important that we have a space where we can have an honest dialogue about what's going on. Nate says, facing the Jazz will be an even tougher matchup. Totally agree. The Jazz are a real, real, real team. And, you know, they're first right now in the entire NBA. They have three all-stars. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is, you know, basically the leader right now for sixth man of the year. They're on a roll. That's a That'll be a very, very tough game on Friday. So, you know, and then after you got a tough stretch because you got a back-to-back Sunday-Monday in which the Raptors play, I want to say Cleveland and... The Rockets, I might have those two games out of order, but bottom line, that's what the back-to-back is. So a tough stretch coming up for the Raps, and you know, especially with everything that they're dealing with, it's going to just make it even more difficult for this Raps team, but I'm just happy to see all these guys back. Really am. <laughs> more comments. Elijah says, same story every game. We get down by 10 every game and stay there until the end and try to come back at the end and usually can. But if you can do that late, why can't you do it the whole game? Um, I get your point, Elijah. Totally get it, but it comes down to legs, right? The reason why they, they have that extra burst at the end is because they're trying to pace themselves and save it for the end to make that comeback. That's what happens when you don't have depth. When you have depth, you can go all out because you know the bench is going to come in and, you know, we forget now the bench mob, like I'm talking pre-Kawhi, but like the original bench mob, the success of that Raptors team, Kyle and DeMar were the all-stars, but the success of that original bench mob was that no matter what was going on in the game, the bench would come in and either the Raps would be down and the bench would bring them back. Or the bench would take a five-point lead and extend that to a double-digit lead. And that's when you have a team that's firing on all cylinders. The Raptors just don't have that depth right now. And that's why you have these games where everything is a battle. Everything is a struggle. 
Like, what we won't take for granted anymore is the next time the Raptors blow out a team, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, would you just kill to watch a blowout, even though it'd be so quote-unquote boring to watch and not entertaining, but it'd be great to just watch a blowout at this point? I don't know. Interesting times, interesting times for sure, but hey, they're keeping it close, which which shows that this team has fight and they have heart, and you got to give them credit for that. I know it sounds like moral victories, but it's just a reality of what this season was, what the season is, and I know the standings suck, but you guys who listen to the pod from the get-go know that I've been saying from the start of the season, this was going to be a very tough and difficult year for the Raptors because of them playing on the road the entire season, because of what could pop up with COVID, but also just their lack of overall depth. And we've seen that come to fruition so far. And I said from the start of the year, if you avoid that play-in tournament, that's a massive success for this team. People thought I was crazy when I said that at the start of the year. But now, looking at where this team is, wouldn't we just feel great about being in sixth place right now? Just saying. Just saying. Let me see if there's a couple more comments, though, before we go. Um, as I said, most of the pods this year haven't been going this long. But, I don't know, the vibe. You guys came with it in the chat today, so I feel like, you know, I'll read more comments in this so, and you guys are having some great conversations I'm seeing here and trying to jump in at certain points, but just can't. Uh, Phoenix plays says, bro, we need to, we need to rebuild <laughs> or a soft rebuild. Uh, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. The rebuild to me, and it's kind of like a reloading, right? Because you still have Pascal, you still have Fred, you still believe in those guys, you still believe in OG, but if you can accumulate assets for Kyle or for Norm, you get a couple extra picks, you trust in this Raptors scouting staff that's able to find guys in college, who knows what could happen. If you accumulate multiple first round picks, maybe you can flip those and move up in the draft. Who knows what can happen? But you're not bottoming out, you're not tanking, it's just sheer asset management at this point so it wouldn't even really be a full-on rebuild but more so a reload if that makes sense uh, more comments so we can we can beat utah if og comes back we beat milwaukee and philly with og in the lineup watch the og effect see i'm you know i know a lot of raptors fans are on the og train like heavy like hook line and sinker i'm not one of those people like i think og is a good solid player He's a great defender. We know that already. Um, but I don't like, I don't have OG in like this high esteem. Like people are expecting him or hoping for him to turn into Kawhi. I don't have those expectations for OG. I think he's a solid player. I think he can be a really good three and D guy, right? He starts to consistently knock down that three, which he's done for the majority of this season. We've seen flashes of his improvement on the offensive end, but much like everything else, we haven't seen the consistency, right? And I know he, he ran into injury, he ran into obviously the COVID protocols, so I get all that, but I'm just saying what the facts are. When OG plays, for the most part, he has a good night, then he has an off night on the offensive end. The defense is always there, but offensively, is he the guy that people keep hoping that he will be? Uh, Hardjap says... 
I don't think we'll see this norm in the playoffs because a lot of his makes right now are tough and they're coming from blow buys. We won't see that in the playoffs. That's an interesting take. You know, the defense does improve in the playoffs because the scouting reports improve in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's an interesting point, right? And we all know there's a different level from the regular season to the playoffs. What do you do when you end up on that scouting report, right? Ron says, Masai has been quiet ever since we did not land Giannis. How will we do without him? Without Giannis or without Masai? <laughs> I, I think you're talking about without Giannis. And, you know, Giannis, I think, you know, the Giannis thing was interesting. Masai obviously thought they had a chance. That's why you restructure Fred's deal so that they made a little less. He made a little, little less next year. Um, so it was interesting, right? And obviously it didn't work out for you, but at the end of the day, I'm sure there's a backup plan. I'm sure they have a B, C, D, and we're going to see what those plans are. And a lot of it's going to be dependent. A lot of it, we might even see what happens at this deadline might be our first insight into what Masai's plan is going forward. Fly Miss says, I miss the bench mob with the heart emoji. <laughs> Jarrett says, I would kill for a win right now. <laughs> I would hope that, you know, the Utah game's going to be tough, but I would hope that the Cleveland and or the Rockets game hopefully can be a win for this Raptors team. And the, and we, by the time we're talking at the end of Monday night's game, we're talking about a Raptors win. That's my hope. That's my hope. I don't think this winning streak lasts that far. Just my opinion. But again, thank you guys for tuning in to this the wrap it up podcast thanks guys for all the comments and questions and you know i appreciate you guys so much especially now when this was a bad game right this was a tough loss for the toronto raptors but that didn't stop you guys from coming out and sending in your comments and questions making this show what it is because without you guys this show this podcast doesn't exist i don't take that for granted and i'm not just saying that because it's the truth i say this all the time but it is the 1000% truth this show was supposed to be me and my friends sitting here on my couch talking basketball and then obviously this season COVID happened so we're not really doing that so we found other ways to get by and in the meantime you know once people's schedules change and stuff like that you guys really started becoming a bigger part than I even knew was possible in terms of telling us how you're you know you're feeling about the raps being a part of the conversation oh i see my goddaughter in the chat right now <laughs> hello hello janissa how are you doing go to bed isn't it past your bedtime by the way <laughs> too funny anyways the point remains I love this podcast because you guys come here no matter what's going on. The diehard Raptors fans, that's what I'm doing this for. Appreciate you guys coming in and discussing the Raps, win or loss. Airing out your grievances, asking questions, discussing what's going on. Oh, Ron actually said he meant Masai. Ooh, ooh. I don't know. I'm not ready for that conversation yet, Ron. Ask me that a little. I'm not ready for that conversation yet because I need Masai to stay. I really need Masai to stay. <laughs> Just saying. But really appreciate you guys, right? Liking and subscribing and sharing the podcast. That's how we keep this train moving. And 
this is the season where we find out who the real fans are. So that's why I'm preaching this so much that I really appreciate you guys tuning in and liking and sharing and joining in on the comments here on YouTube because that's how we keep this train moving on the On Blast Network. Tell your friends. Tell your other Raptors friends. We're here. After each and every Toronto Raptors game, live. We got a feed up on Twitter. We got a feed up on Instagram and YouTube and Twitch. Talking raps after each and every game. Tell your friends. Remember, Wrap It Up is the show. On Blast Podcast is the network. If you ever miss a pod, we got you covered. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up On Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.